Welcome into this week's edition of the Sports Gospel Podcast here on sportsgospel.com or wherever you find our show. Darren and Andrew back with you two weeks in a row here, and it is NBA Draft Week edition of the show, so we had to have Andrew back in here to lend his expertise on a lot of these prospects. I openly admit that I do not know the NBA draft pool quite as well as I like to think I know the NFL, so I need a little bit of help here. Some of these names I know, but I'm not as big into the G League or some of these young one-and-done freshman players, so we bring in Andrew for that. Before we get into our NBA mock draft, we'll touch on that here in a minute and some NBA player movement. Anything else on the sports calendar for this week that we need to touch on? I know we're recording a little earlier than usual this week, but anything else for you we need to touch on? Uh, no, just the major the major NBA news that dropped. Well, we will talk about Mr. Beal here in a minute. I do want to touch quick on the U.S. Open for the golf tournament snuck up on me. It feels like the PGA has more been under fire for the merger with the Live Tour and still figuring out what that means. As for an actual golf tournament, I thought it was decent. It looked pretty cool playing in L.A., maybe not the most challenging course. I think PGA was happy to have their big names up there. Rory McIlroy competing right down to the end. They had Ricky Fowler up there. Dustin Johnson played really well. Scotty Scheffler played well. John Rahm made a run on Sunday. So not a great time for the PGA overall. I think the U.S. Open kind of flew under the radar and just kind of popped up for me when you're looking Saturday, Sunday, you see those big names atop the leaderboard. They maybe got a few more fans. You see, oh, Rory, uh, Rory McIlroy is doing well. Ricky Fowler is doing well. Dustin Johnson has a chance. So hopefully they got a few more eyes for that. Yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't watch a single second of the U.S. <laughs> Open. And I, I think that's what they're worried about is people aren't really going to watch. You know, like the Tiger's not coming back to be an elite. Phil's not coming back to be elite. So they got to find new people and – Seems like it's not quite happening anytime soon. So we'll see what happens with the PGA. So if, if you were a golf fan, it was a nice little Sunday, relaxed watching. But we'll we'll get to the big basketball news here that broke over the weekend. Bradley Beal is going to join the Sun Super Team. I'll turn this over to you. What does this mean for the Suns, for the Wizards, for Bradley Beal, and for Chris Paul and everybody else involved? Yeah, for for Bradley Beal. I mean, it obviously makes him a third option on a title contending team. Um, I'm not sure of the fit here. I do think um, Beal is not the strongest three-point shooter. And that's really kind of what the Suns needed was maybe someone who could space the floor a little bit more. So I don't think they really solved their problem there in that regard, but it, any team that has KD, Booker, and Beal on the same team is obviously going to be in the contending conversation. I'm just not sure who they can put around those three guys. Uh, and they'll have Aiton back, obviously, uh, but they'll be filling out the roster with a lot of veteran guys who have kind of their way at the end of the cur- their career. Um, so it'll be an interesting fit. And then also there's the questions about Beal's availability as well. I believe he's, he hasn't played more than 60 games in the season since 2019. So that could be something that holds Phoenix back as well. But um, yeah, I think I'll just be interested to see how this fits. It gives me a lot of Brooklyn Nets vibes with the Katie Harden, um, Kyrie combo, but maybe to a lesser extent. So I think that's what it means for Phoenix. It means that they're all in on next year's team and contending for a title next year. 
as far as the Wizards, I don't understand what the Wizards are doing here. Um, they should have made this Beal trade last year so they could have put themselves firmly in the Wembenyama sweepstakes and been in the running for a generational player like Victor Wembenyama rather than blow it all up now when they only have the eighth pick overall. Um, and they didn't even get a first round pick back for Bradley Beal. They got Chris Paul, who they're probably going to move on from and some second rounds and Landry Shamit um, and some pick swaps. So a very unimpressive haul for Washington. And I just feel bad for Washington fans because they've had to j- just endure so much incompetence. And this is just another incompetent move by their front office. And I'll start with the Wizards and work backwards here. Looking at their roster, uh, at least according to Hoops Hype, they don't have the trade finalized yet. But if Bradley Beal is gone, Porzingis and Kyle Kuzma are both on player options. So those guys could decide they want out. Then your bet, your highest earning players, you'd be left with, I assume Landry Shamit, Daniel Gafford, and then Monte Morris. And all due respect to my guy, Monte Morris, don't know that he should be your top guy on any team, though. You've got uh, Denny Abdia, who I don't know if he's ever going to become what they thought he did as a top 10 pick. Corey Kispert's there. So they have some young guys. They're just, like you say, why tear down now? Bradley Beal is about the one thing you had going for you. And if you're not going to keep Chris Paul, which I don't know why you would and why Chris Paul would want to, there's talks of him going back to the Clippers, somehow swinging that deal. Yeah, weird timing for the Wizards to do this now. And they, they look like they're going to be very, very poor next year. Poor next year and probably poor for the next decade. So, yeah, yeah, this move really sets them back for the long run and the short run as well. So, yeah, I'm not really sure what Washington's doing. Uh, And like you mentioned, you add Bradley Beal. I wonder if this is more of a postseason move. The Suns, we'll be fine. We'll go get the four or five seed in the regular season. We have Durant, Booker, and Aiton. That'll be enough to get us by. Is uh, is Bradley Beal your guy in the postseason? Make some clutch shots. It feels like a team that's going to be all the offense in the world, but I don't know where the defense is in Durant, Booker, and Beal. I don't think of Beal as a big defensive upgrade. He's going to be, I think, great for the offense down the stretch. And like you say, you're just going to have to fill this in with veteran minimum guys. It feels like one and two million dollar a year guys. I can they even keep campaign and some of those guys. We're going to want a little bit more than six million dollars going forward. Yeah, I think they can keep campaign. Um, but like that's the level of guy that they're going to get around the team. Like that's that's kind of the higher end of guys that they're going to be able to get is guys camp like campaign on that team. Um still gonna be a, a great team because of the talent at the top, but I'll just be curious to see how it all fits together. So one more quick question on this. If we assume the Nuggets run it back with Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, and KCP, is that the starting five, correct? Yeah, yeah. That versus Aiton, Durant, Beal, Booker, and I don't even know who your five would be from the Suns. Is that Suns team beating that Nuggets team in seven? Absolutely not. Who's who? Bismarck Biombo? No, you already have a big in Aiton. Yeah, it's going to be some some point guard to be named later. So it won't be campaign, um, but give me the Nuggets lineup 
because it's an actual roster that makes actual sense <laughs> that isn't trying to just find itself. Um, so give me, give me the nuggets. It'd be hard to pick against the defending champs in a playoff series against the Suns, especially since we just saw what the nuggets did to the Suns. Granted, they didn't have Beal, but I'm not so sure that Beal over Paul is so much of an upgrade that you're really that much closer to a team like the Nuggets if the Nuggets are fully healthy. I think the Nuggets are are still kind of mopping the floor with the Suns and really just about anybody else in the Western Conference at this point. It'll be an interesting race down down the stretch next year to see if any of these teams can get close to them to the Nuggets. They still feel like the class of the West, like you mentioned. Yeah, um, definitely. So we will, we will see what materializes. Well, without any further ado, we are going to jump into the NBA mock draft. We can sprinkle in some other player movement topics as we get in here. So we're going to alternate picks here. We're, We'll talk about number one here in a minute, but we're not going to draft the number one pick because we we already know it's going to be Victor Wembanyama going to the Spurs. I'll let Andrew talk a little bit on that if he wants, but we're going to alternate. Andrew's got evens. I've got odds. So did we settle? Are we doing no trades? For the sake I, believe of we, I believe we settled on no trades because it was a little bit too messy. Uh, maybe next year we'll figure out how to do trades properly uh, and do it next year, but not for this year. Would you like to do one round or two rounds? We should probably just stick to round one because if we start going deeper than that, it is uh, it gets a little sketchy after round one. All right. So we're going to give you our picks here on the 29 picks. So Andrew's technically on the clock at number two with the Hornets, but do we need to say anything about Wembenyama that has not been discussed already? No, I think I think everything that, if you don't know who Victor Wembanyama is by now, you've kind of been living under a rock. I mean, seven five generational prospect, biggest prospect since LeBron. Some are saying the biggest prospect of all time. I'm not really buying that, but he's going number one. No surprise there. The real shock happens here at number two, where there's a healthy debate between Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson. I'm going to give you what I think will happen as opposed to what I would do. Um, Because what I would do is draft Scoot Henderson, but what I think will actually unfold if the draft order remains is that the Hornets will take Brandon Miller um, because they have LaMelo ball. They'll see Brandon Miller as more of a fit with LaMelo, um, not as ball dominant of a guy, but still, a uh, player that could probably create and add some instant offense on the wing, which is what they need because Gordon Hayward's not a reliable option. Neither is Terry Rozier. Team lost Miles Bridges for obvious reasons as well. They need a solid, a great wing player. Brandon Miller is going number two. I think that pick makes a lot of sense for my own pick here at number three at the Blazers. I really would have rather you take Scoot Henderson than Brandon Miller. I do wonder about the off the court stuff with Brandon Miller. Are we still worried about that? Or was he a good guy in the wrong place at the wrong time with the off the court stuff this season or NBA teams going to look beyond that? I think, I think the talent is so undeniable that NBA teams are going to look beyond that. So I've been, I've been trying to think Brandon Miller, is he, are we thinking Harrison Barnes, Andrew Wiggins 
type or are we thinking he can get better than obviously you're drafting here you think he's going to be that good if not better but Wiggins was number one overall pick I'm just trying to see if Miller's better than either of those two those were the name the comps that I could come up with no we're thinking of Paul George when we're thinking of Brandon Miller that's that's the kind of player that we're thinking about gotcha well, I, I like the pick, and yeah, the Hornets really need any help they can get here to go along with LaMelo. Absolutely. So I've got number three here, and I will admit to knowing very little about this guy. So the way this pick is, this draft is almost destined to go, Wembenyama one, and then Miller and Scoot in some order going two and three. I would not be shocked to see the Blazers trade out of this pick if they can't get Brandon Miller. I have to go Scoot Henderson. Uh, Scoot Henderson, sorry, but the problem is that's such a loaded backcourt for the Blazers. You've already got an all-world player in Dame, but then you've also got Shaden Sharp and Anthony Simons who have looked really good. So you're going to have four guards, four basically point guards in this locker room. I am convinced they trade Damian Lillard. They're either going to trade the three-pick or Damian Lillard because I think they're just going to realize, okay, we're never going to get veterans around Dame. We're going to go young and rebuild, so let's get him out of here. Let's get him to wherever he can win. Los Angeles Lakers, I'm looking at you. So I think if the Blazers don't swing a deal for somebody like Zion uh, to get this three pick, they get Scoot Henderson, they trade Lillard and maybe Simons uh, and start with Scoot and Shaden Sharp. The more I read on Scoot Henderson, the more I like him. The way people talk about the intangibles, the teamwork, uh, the way he kind of led that G League Ignite team to go along with just the explosive athleticism and a guy who can be a great floor general. So the more I read on him, the more I like him. I was unsure about two weeks ago. Yeah, and I've heard that the Blazers front office loves Scoot Henderson, and they would even take him number two if they had the number two pick. So It seems like he's got all the pieces. Uh, So quick question for people like myself and some of the less basketball-initiated audiences. Can you explain G League Ignite, Overtime Elite, who these teams play? Uh, Obviously, we know they're not going to college, but where these players come from, what kind of competition they're facing. Yeah, they've, I mean, they're facing G League competition. So they're playing in the NBA's G League. And the teams that they're on are comprised of guys who either are on two way deals or um, it's a lot of guys who decided to skip the college route, the one year of college route, and just want to focus on basketball. So basically, it's like um, normal kids who take a gap year that's what they're doing and they're focusing on just basketball rather than focusing on basketball and school. So um, really the, and you get paid to do it as well. Um, So it's like scholarship money to get paid, focus on just basketball. And a, a lot of guys like this route because they think it makes them more pro ready. So we've seen, we've seen some guys come out of this and, be pro ready and uh, scoot henderson's gonna be another one well said yeah so you are back on the clock here with the rockets at four yeah and i i don't think there's gonna be too much of a surprise here as i'm going to take uh i'm gonna go ahead and take um I believe Amon Thompson is going to go here at fourth to the Rockets. Um, these guys are twins, Amon and Asar. I'm sure we'll talk about him a little bit later, maybe. Uh, but they're twins, and 
Amon Thompson's a little bit more of a playmaker, which I think uh, is who kind of the Rockets need. Uh, they might get James Harden back this offseason, but a little bit underwhelmed with Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. is not an NBA level starter. And so Amon Thompson definitely is. Uh, I think. I think they'll go ahead and take uh, Amen Thompson and pair him with Jalen Green, um, and he'll probably mesh a little bit better with Jalen Green. And so, yeah, um, give me him at number four to the Rockets. This first Thompson twin, I was listening to one expert wax about this guy. They were fawning all over him. Victor Wembanyama, notwithstanding, they thought that this Thompson twin was the highest ceiling player in this class, a guy who can facilitate, can score supposedly otherworldly athleticism and speed. And like you say, I think the Rockets here kind of have this nice little young core. They've got Jalen Green, Jabari Smith. And if you add Thompson to that, uh, maybe Alpern Sangoon in the middle. Uh, it seems like the Rockets have a nice little core. I, we've talked about several times. It'd be weird to throw James Harden in the mix with all these young guys you're trying to build this camaraderie with. Uh, but, but yeah, a, a guy who can maybe run the show or just be kind of a do-it-all wing for them. Yeah, um, a little bit of something that you're going to watch. Yeah, the athleticism with both of the Thompson twins is just freaky. Uh, but the shooting at the next level is going to be the question mark. And you can say that about Scoot as well. Um, but the athleticism and the talent is undeniable. Both of those guys are going to score because they can get to the basket at will, but uh, shooting is kind of a problem for Scoot and Amen Thompson. And I think that's something that puts Miller at two as opposed to Scoot is kind of just the offensive prowess and the obvious shooting um, that Miller has over Scoot. So just, just something to watch as the draft goes on. Well, I am back here at number five. With the Pistons, team that I said this last year when we did this, I love Jaden Ivey, and they've got Cade Cunningham coming back next year, so they hope they have their young guards. I really like Jalen Durr in the middle. I think he's going to supplant James Wiseman. Need some forward help, and this is where we get to the guys that I don't know all that well. We've got Osar Thompson, uh, Cam Whitmore, the small forward out of Villanova, and then uh, Taylor Hendricks. So I'm kind of between four four forwards here whether or not I want some size or I want more of the stretch in the wing I'm going to go with a guy that I admittedly don't know all that much about uh, but I'm going to trust your expertise on Jarris Walker coming out of Houston a little bit more the bigger power forward type of the guys left here so give me Mr. Walker from uh, University of Houston freshman yeah I love I love that pick by you Um, Jarris Walker is going to be a name that people are going to be surprised when he ends up going in the top five but I'm not. I think he's kind of a evolutionary version of Larry Johnson. If you remember him from the Hornets and the Knicks back in the nineties, I think uh, Larry Johnson's going to bring a lot of toughness, a lot of defense. And that's really what the Pistons need. Um, yeah. Duran is taking over that center spot. So yeah, I, I like that pick there at number five. Um I will move on to number six and this team Orlando obviously has all the wing players, all the post players that it could need. So I think we're looking at guards for them. 
And the best card that I think is available here is going to be Anthony Black from Arkansas. Um, reminds me a little bit of Lonzo with his uh, with his having an excellent floor game. Uh, he's definitely not the greatest shooter, but he makes the right plays on offense, moves the ball well, and is probably known more and is going to be known more early in his career for his defense rather than his offense. But I think Orlando has enough offense with Paolo, with Wagner, with, with a couple other guys um, to where they don't really need a dominant scoring guard. I think Anthony Black could fit in really well. So I'll take him at number six. Well, Anthony Black is one of my favorite players in this class. I a little bit was hoping he was going to fall to me at the Pacers, whether or not they really need him. I think you talked about the magic are so big and so long that some of these guys have to hit between Franz Wagner and Mo Wagner and Wendell Carter and Jonathan Isaac and just so many big bodies they have. We think they found maybe the man of the future in Paolo. I refuse to give up on Jalen Suggs. I think a Jalen Suggs, Anthony Black backcourt can work really well, just feeding and facilitating Paolo. So as much as we love Scoot, I could very easily see us looking back in five years and saying, man, Anthony Black was the guard coming out of this class. I don't quite see it that way, but I, I do think Anthony Black will be a high-quality player at the next level. Oh, Pacers. I am up next with the Pacers at seven. What do they have other than Tyrese Halliburton? They have Tyrese Halliburton running point for them. Uh, ben Matherin, that's who they got last year. A guy, Ben Matherin, still developing him. Miles Turner, forever going to be the man in the middle. I feel like I need some some forward help here. Um, you. You convinced me on the athleticism size of things. I'll go with the other Thompson twin here. Asar Thompson, 6'6", 218-pound small forward is his current listed position. Feels like the Pacers are one of those kind of like positionless teams, but I could be wrong on that. Uh, yeah, I definitely think they are positionless. Um, they're rolling Buddy Heald out at the small forward, so having the other the other Thompson twin to kind of play that, maybe play a little small ball for, I think would be uh, an excellent pick. Uh, it's that or Cam Whitmore. Um, so I will move on to number eight, which is Washington. And man, I do not like my options. Cause I was, I was hoping that the other Thompson twin would be here at number eight for Washington. And that's uh, going to be, Everything is a need for the Wizards at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Cam Whitmore here and give him to Washington at number eight. I think um, he's got plenty of athleticism. Um, I, I don't know if this is the greatest fit for him, uh, but immediately his athleticism is going to jump off the charts uh, and his defense as well. He might bring a little bit of toughness. And as you said, the wizards just need everything. So they can't really be much of choosers here. I think the best player on the board available is uh, Whitmore. So I'll give him number eight. Cam Whitmore is one of those guys to me. There's a few coming up here. Taylor Hendricks I would have in this class, Jarris Walker, it's like these guys were some of the star freshmen, and I feel like nobody talks about Cam Whitmore. Brandon Miller, 
got a lot of attention this year. Anthony Black got some attention. I would even argue Keontae George and Grady Dick got more attention, but Cam Whitmore is a consensus top 10, if not top five prospect. And I feel like we didn't talk about him at all during the college regular season. I don't know if that's owed to Villanova being bad this year or what. Seems like for being such a highly touted prospect, we would have heard more about him. Part of it's Villanova being bad, but also part of it is that we kind of saw the holes in his game early and often. And there's kind of this thing that happens where when guys go to college, they get broken down, their tape gets broken down a lot. And that's kind of caused what more to maybe fall off from that top five conversation. Mm-hmm. And conversely, it's caused Jairus Walker and guys like Taylor Hendricks to rise up based off how they did in their first season as freshmen. Gotcha. So when you have, when you go into college with a lot of hype, there's only one way to go really. And that's down after you get picked apart a little bit. Right. That makes sense. Yep. So up here at number nine is my first pick, the jazz first of their three. If you've been paying attention since Danny age, they've just been hoarding picks. Another team that really needs everything. It feels like they're throwing a lot at the wall to see what's going to stick and trying these different combinations. A lot of good names on their team. I don't know what the future is for guys that I like, O'Shea Abaji and Johnny Juzang. Maybe they become starters. They seem to have really hit on something with Walker Kessler in the middle. Laurie Markkinen's working for them at maybe a three or four. Colin Sexton, you hear mixed things about. So do I need a younger guy to replace Jordan Clarkson? Or do I go for the wing? There's a guy I really want to go with. I think he's one of your personal favorites, but he projects more as a small forward. So I'm going to maybe, maybe a bit of a reach here, but I really like the uh, the instant offense that I'll get here. A guy who I think is maybe a bit streaky, but just electric energy. And that's Keontae George, freshman shooting guard out of Baylor, really just more of where I think the need is for this jazz team right now. And I think we just kind of scratched the surface with George at Baylor, but he seems like he's going to be instant energy and firepower, if nothing else. Yeah, I like that. I think the Jazz are actually, from what I've read, high on Keontae George. So wouldn't be surprised to see him end up there. Although I don't think it'll be at number nine. I think there could be some trades where Utah does a little maneuvering to get Keontae George, as well as maybe another guy in the lottery area. Um With that being said, we're at number 10, and I believe this is the Dallas pick. Um, They're not going to bring back Christian Wood, I just read. Uh, They need just – they need shooting around Luka, and they need a little bit of size as well. And I think this is the perfect spot for Taylor Hendricks. Uh, That's what he brings is he brings shooting. he brings some defense as well and a little bit of flexibility. He can play multiple positions. Uh, you could even try and slot him in as a small ball center in some cases. And I think uh, he would just really kind of thrive next to Luca and Kyrie if Kyrie comes back. But um, I think Taylor Hendricks is a good fit here for Dallas. That was going to be my question for you. Where do you think, what do you think happens with Kyrie in the offseason if you had to if you were a betting man? Um I'm not gonna try and guess anything that Kyrie does because he could do something so out of the blue that 
it would make me look foolish. So can I can I just pass? Because he could just decide that he's going to retire tomorrow. I, that is the up that that is up there. He could just go on a flat earth rant and totally be blackballed out of the league for just going off about flat earth. Are there any well. flat do we know if there's any flat earthers in this draft? If there are, they're gonna end up in Dallas. <laughs> if that's where Kyrie chooses to play basketball next year. Oh man. Oh, I got so, yeah, I'm not gonna try and predict anything that Kyrie Irving does because there's there's no predicting him. So up to number eleven, the second of the magic picks. So you took Anthony Black here as a starting guard for them. And it's crazy to think with as bad as the magic are, I look at their roster and I think they don't necessarily need any other starters. If Jalen, if I have Jalen Suggs, Anthony black, Franz Wagner, Paolo Bancaro, maybe it is at the center spot. Do I want to reach though? I'm trying to think who's my, uh, a good versatile big, but I don't want to reach too far. Let's go because it's the magic. They have to take size, maybe a bit of a risky project, but a guy who I think, uh, if nothing else, He's got great ups, great athleticism. Give me Derek Lively, the second one and done seven foot one center out of Duke. Maybe more of a project for the future because I don't really need bigs right now. Yeah, they could use a defensive center, um, someone who's not so offensive minded. So I like that pick. Um, I'm going to go number 12, OKC. Very intriguing team here. Um, they're, they're kind of loaded as well. Um, with Holmgren coming back, SGA, Giddy, they nailed the Jalen Williams pick. Uh, but I think I'm going to go ahead and draft them yet another wing, a uh, guy who can play off the ball a little bit. Um, give me Kobe Bufkin from Michigan to OKC. Uh, I think he'll be a good fit. He can probably come off the bench. I don't think he'll be a starter, but I think he could fit into kind of a six-man role off the bench. He can play off ball. He can play on ball as well, and he can be a nice little little boost for the bench there in OKC as I think they've got their starting guards slash wings. Their one through three spots are kind of filled by SGA, Williams, and Giddy. So... I, I think uh, Buffkin would be a nice six man for them. If they nail this draft, and I will admit that I may be drinking a lot of the Kool-Aid here on Shai Gilgis-Alexander, but I may, I think the Thunder may be a top four team in the West next year. You get past oh, no. the, the, the Nuggets and then potentially whatever happens with the Suns and Warriors, I think the Thunder are right in there. I, I don't think you're off with that at all. And in fact... Uh, you you asked would I take the Nuggets or the Suns roster heading into next year? I would take the Thunder over the Suns roster. I think. Wow. Uh, just because I think they'll be hungry and want to prove something in the regular season, whereas Phoenix will probably just be content to be like a four or five seed and roll into the playoffs and just be healthy for the playoffs. I could see Oklahoma City making a big jump next year. Especially yeah. with Holmgren coming back. I think that'll be a nice boost for them as well in the middle. You heard it here first, folks. We've got the, we're in on the Thunder. Oh, big time in on the Thunder. They're going to be uh, on my league pass every night next next season. 
here. Number 13 in the first round, we've got the Toronto Raptors for me. A team that looks like they, I can't quite figure this team out. They feel like they're about one player away building around Scotty Barnes. I think they let Fred Van Vliet walk, which opens up a spot at guard. And if I remember our talks from the college basketball season, I think this is a guy that you really like, but I could be wrong. But I'm going to go with my favorite point guard left on the board, and that is Jalen Hood Shafino out of Indiana. Yeah, I do like Jalen Hood Shafino. Um, I think now that they don't have Van Vliet, they do need a point guard desperately. They're in rebuild mode in Toronto, and I think he's going to be a, a perfect fit there. Um, Number 14, you kind of stole the guy that I thought was going to be on the board here because I had New Orleans as like the perfect Keontae George team. Um, So you stole that from me a little bit. I'm going to look also at a combo guard here and hand hand the Pelicans Kaysen Wallace from Kentucky. His game reminds me a little bit of a – of a guy who's been in new Orleans before a little bit of drew holiday. I'm not saying he's going to be a drew holiday right off the bat or anything, but he's got that kind of a game where uh, defense is his calling card and is going to be his calling card early on in his career. And probably for most of his career. And I think that's something that new Orleans needs because they have plenty of scoring with Ingram, with CJ, with, with others. Um, I don't think scoring is a problem for New Orleans. I think they need a defensive wing player or guard, and Wallace would be a good fit for that. And this is more of a football term applied to a basketball player, but when I heard people talk about Wallace, it made me think of like a brawler, kind of a bruiser, a a thick, athletic, like you mentioned, defensive-minded guy who can not afraid to tussle with anybody. Yeah, and I think that's something New Orleans needs. It's just a, a toughness mindset, and he'll bring that. Will Zion be playing with the Pelicans next year? Will be well, not playing. Will he be on the roster? Maybe a better way to say it. At this point, I lean towards no. Ooh. Yeah, I think we might be in for a Zion trade coming up. Intriguing. See if it happens on draft night or if we get through the draft and then we see some wheeling and dealing. I think it'll be post-draft. I've got number 15 here with the Hawks looking up their roster for a minute. I couldn't think who's still on the Hawks other than Trey young, got Trey young and Jante Murray, my guy, John Collins, Clint Capella still doing his thing. Man, it feels like the Hawks should be way better than they are. Um, so we, we know they're going to score. I'm going to go with a guy who to me has the kind of has the intangibles, the winning pedigree, the guy who's been around, I think we had a really good breakout year this year. Give me Jordan Hawkins out of UConn just for the sake of a seems to be a well-composed, mature guard who may be a little bit more of a two-way player than Mr. Trey Young. All right. All right. Well, it's... I'm big on Jordan Hawkins for what it's worth. Yeah, there's another team who could get blown up. Uh, Like we talked about, I think it was last week, maybe two weeks ago, but I would not be shocked to see Trey Young, John Collins... Both those guys have new homes Interesting. this offseason. So, again, Atlanta could be blowing it up. At number 16, then, I'm going to go ahead and take a guy 
Um, that's definitely known for his scoring. Another one and done guy. Uh, this team lost Kevin Herter. And what better way to replace him than with a uh, guy like Grady Dick? Yeah. So give me Grady Dick. Um, his shooting is going to instantly make him a scoring threat. Uh, defense is going to be a question mark. The uh, getting to the rim and all that. He's obviously going to be a liability defensively, but I think the scoring potential is all there for him. And give me Grady Dick at number 16 uh, in Utah. It Maybe my inherent loathing of anything to do with Kansas basketball, but Grady Dick is the guy that gives me more trepidation than anybody else in this first round. Watched a lot of Kansas this year, watched a lot of them in the tournament, and I I just don't see it. Yes, he's a tremendous scorer, and depending on what position the list we have right now, as a small forward, I've heard of him talked more as a guard. Be a very big, long guard, which is tremendous. It's just, yeah, it's what you mentioned, the defense. Can he create for himself, get to the whole maybe a tremendous catch and shoot guy. If that's just what you're looking for. Just the idea of him as a top 10 pick really scares me. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. And I envision Grady Dick as sort of a Tyler hero type player. We're a little bit further apart on Grady Dick. I, I would say that may be the one we can revisit this in five years and see where things are shaken out. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, so I'm up here, number 17, Los Angeles Lakers. So I'm surprised to have a first-round pick. I thought they'd traded them away for the rest of this decade. Um, So it's LeBron, so we know that he needs scoring wings. Got about three wings here I'm looking at, and I admit to not knowing too much about any of them, which is based on my knowledge of his game and how much I've enjoyed their team this year. Give me Nick Smith Jr. out of Arkansas. Uh rely on you to tell me if there's any shot potential there, but just knowing that LeBron needs guys to work around him. As I assume LeBron's coming back to the Lakers next year. But between Smith, Leonard Miller and Bilal Koulibaly, I wasn't sure which way I wanted to go for best scoring wing out of those three. I think I, I would have maybe gone a different route, but um, yeah, Smith isn't really known for his, his shooting. Um, you got to work on that. Cause that's what I need. Yeah, um, but I think I might have gone just somewhere slightly different. Um, all right, we got Miami up at number 18 here. I think they're going to be a team. They're going to want to get someone who's pretty NBA ready. I think this has got to be a guard, someone who can make plays. Um other than Jimmy Butler, but I also think that this guy is going to fit perfectly into what Miami does. And here we go. Miami's going to nail another draft pick here with Bryce Sensabaugh at number 18 out of Ohio state. Interesting. I think he's going to, I think he's going to be kind of the perfect guy to put next to Butler and, they're going to lose Lowry probably to retirement. Um, they might trade Tyler Hero. Who knows? Um, and who knows if they can get what they got from Vincent and Caleb Martin. But we saw that those guys weren't enough ultimately. And 
they needed kind of another guy, and since Bach could be that. Got to fit that heat culture. Got to be a Miami Heat guy. Yeah, I think he's exactly that. I think he's perfect for that. Up here, number 19 for the Golden State Warriors, a team that they're still in their window. I think they need a guy who can contribute right away, maybe a little bit older. I'm making this pick just for you. Chris with a K, Murray, power forward out of Iowa. You spoiled my plans for later in the draft. I, will, I like where you're going, but you spoiled my plans. Um, I'm not if, – if, if they do, in fact, lose Draymond, I know – from what I can tell, Chris Murray is a little bit more off, uh, offensive-minded than Draymond was at the defensive end of the floor, but I think you may need some, some young legs and some instant offense and a very big, long forward. Yeah, I mean – Chris Murray would thrive in the Golden State system. Um, he'd be perfect as a three or a four. Um, can't play five at the NBA level, but he would play a three or a four, and it'd be very similar to Keegan in a lot of ways. So, I would. Um, I will not allow there to be a Murray reunion on the Beam team. I know that's what I meant when you said you ruined my plans. Um, but that's what we need, just so we're all clear. We all need a Murray reunion on the beam team. Um, all right. Number 20, we got Houston back on the clock. And you took Nick Smith Jr., who I thought might have been kind of a fit there. Um, I'm going to go an interesting route here. I think they're going to take a chance on a guy like a Bilal Kuliabi, Kuliabale. Um, I think they've got plenty of scoring. They don't need another guy who's ball dominant, who needs to the balls in his hand to succeed. And defense is his main calling card. Probably a little bit of a project. Fast riser here, late riser. Um, reminds me a little bit of Ananobi, and I think that's something that Houston could use on the wing. So give me Bilal to Houston at number 20. And 21 and 22, we have back-to-back Brooklyn Nets picks. I've got the first one here, and a team kind of blew it all up last year when the Simmons, Harden, Durant, trade didn't work is Mikhail Bridges the future cornerstone do they keep him and Dinwiddie and Cam Johnson to see what works out there I'm a little bit torn I would like to see another guard maybe maybe another guard or maybe another big oh man who's available is really the question you get to this point in the draft do you just draft talent or do you draft need give me a guy that I'm going to call a project because everything I read on him, nobody was really all that consistent. I'm going to go Leonard Williams out of the G League Ignite. What I read on him, people were questioning his offense and his defense, which are kind of cornerstones of the game, but love the athleticism and able to get to the hoop and finish. So maybe just a, a stash piece for the Nets here, just taking the best player left on the board. So Leonard Miller from the G League Ignite. Listed as a small forward, but 6'9", so you'd think you'd get some great size there. Yeah, um, I like that. 
I could definitely see Leonard Miller going there. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and draft them. Hmm. I think I'm going to give them another big um, since they have Claxton, but they don't really have any other bigs outside of Nick Claxton that they can reasonably rely on. Um, So give me Noah Clowney out of Alabama to Brooklyn as sort of the backup big man. Um, He'll obviously bring defense interior scoring but doesn't need the ball in his hands a lot obviously screen and roll type player but his main calling card will be his defense and his rebounding early on and this i could be totally off base on this looking at the top prospects this feels like a very wing heavy and guard heavy draft more than we maybe had in a couple of years getting past Wembenyama. It doesn't feel like there's quite as many 6'10", 6'11", 7-footers in this class at the top. There's some when you dig further, and we can talk about those guys in a minute. But your top 10 prospects this year does not seem to be as big, heavy as some years. Yeah, I mean, as as far as bigs go, it's going to be uh, Wemby at the top, and then you kind of slide all the way down to Lively, and then another step or two down to Clowney, uh, wherever he goes, and then guys that we can talk about in a minute. And I'm back here with the Blazers pick at 23. So gave him Scoot Henderson earlier. The last thing the Blazers need are smalls. The the talk about lack of big leads right into what they're looking for. So I'm trying to look where our, where's our power forwards and our centers. I'm guys. I'm really nervous about reaching them for, well, how, how does a Oscar Shibway or a Adama Sonogo transfer to the NBA seems I, I like their college game, but the way smarter people than me have them ranked makes me nervous. I'm going to go back to the Indiana well, get another veteran guy. I'd like to prove an experience here from Trace Jackson Davis. If they do, in fact, decide to keep Dame, I think they need somebody with some more experience. So he's a, a good role-playing power forward. I think could come in and contribute right away for them and be a second or third guy off the bench. Got it. Got it. Um, yeah, that's a little high on TJD for my blood. Um, I think he's more likely a second round guy. Um, but number 24 here. And the reason why I picked team picked evens was the beam team. And I think they need, uh, a big forward who could maybe play a little bit of small ball center here. Um, and Harrison Barnes may not be back with Sacramento next year as they have to decide whether or not they're going to re-sign him. So give me, if I can't have Chris Murray, <laughs> give me give me Omax Prosper from Marquette. And I think he'll bring some much-needed defense. I think that is kind of his calling card is his athleticism. He's... Um, defensively disruptive and he's not going to uh yeah he's not going to wow you with his shooting or anything but he's going to bring some uh defensive toughness to sacramento kings which they could use because they have plenty of offensive firepower but they need 
they need someone who's going to dig in beyond just Davion Mitchell. Um, and Fox is an improved defender, and Keegan Murray will continue to improve as a defender, but um, Prosper will be known for his defense immediately, right away, and that's something that Sacramento needs. Oh, that's, Sacramento's all offense. We can't be having defensive players. Oh, no, they need they need some defensive players if they're going to get to that next level and actually threaten to win a championship, which I think it's – I think them and the Nuggets and uh, – the Thunder and obviously the Suns and the Lakers are going to be contending teams. So Sacramento is a contending team. And so they got to think about a guy that could get them to that next level. And if, if uh, Prosper can develop any sort of an offensive game, he could be that. Speaking of a team that needs to get to that next level and is in a very strange position right now, 25, the Memphis Grizzlies, I like Desmond Bain. I like Jaron Jackson. They've got some good pieces there in the middle. I think you need to work on the wings and the guards, whether that's a small forward to get Dylan Brooks out of town or somebody to tide them over till Ja gets back. Luckily, I think I'm in a good situation here. A lot of good small forward shooting guards left on the board. I love my UCLA guys, but I'm going to go with Jet Howard here out of Michigan, 6'8 as a shooting guard. Huge guy, I think, can get up and down the court, play both ends quite well, and develops as a nice two-way prospect for me. So give me Jet Howard, the second Michigan guard, I believe, we have off the board so far. Yeah, Buffkin went earlier, and now Jet Howard. So that puts me at, I believe, the Pacers pick at number 26. We gave them the second Thompson twin at number seven. Yep. Um so give me a wing player that they can kind of put out there with uh Halliburton and Matherin that can move Buddy Heald back to the bench um, where he belongs. Mm. And yeah, um, he, de- he belongs on the bench. Um, give me Colby Jones from Xavier. Six, five, I think can play either the two or the three. At the next level, probably more of a three, but has plenty of playmaking skill, has solid mid-range game, um, and I think he's just a really solid two-way player, uh, an unselfish player, which I think will go well with kind of the whole vibe that the Pacers are trying to put out there of just being like an unselfish team who, um, you know, who doesn't need maybe stars but they just play really well together as a team. So give me Colby Jones to Indiana, number 26. He's one of those guys who, unless you were really dialed into Xavier basketball, I don't know that a lot of people know about him. He may be a sneaky under the radar pick. I feel like we're going to look back in six, seven years and think, wait, how did that guy fall so far? Why, why was nobody in on Colby Jones as a top 10, 15 prospect? Right. Um, He's going to be a little bit like Brogdon was when Malcolm Brogdon kind of burst onto yeah. the scene. Good comparison. Yep. So we've got the Hornets back in here at 27, gave them Brandon Miller with the second overall pick. And really, for me, it's just best available player who's not Brandon Miller or LaMelo Ball. Could go bigs here, but they, again, feel like a little bit of a reach. So just for the the safe pick a guy who can maybe develop alongside with Miller and the mellow. Give me Amari Bailey because smarter people than me 
rank him this high. I loved all these UCLA guys. So sorely tempted to get Jaime Jaquez somewhere here in the first round, but Amari Bailey is the the safer high ceiling prospect. And as a shooting guard, prototypical shooting guard for the Hornets. Yeah, I like I like the Bailey pick here. Um we are back to Utah at 28. And I think I I'm not exactly sure who will give to Utah here at 28. Um, I think this could be a landing spot for another guy who maybe underachieved was thought of as potential lottery pick before he had a season at Duke. But I think may could be one of those guys who's better in the NBA than he was in college. And I think uh, Utah just needs more, Scoring more guard play. They got Markinen. I think we gave them. Who did we give them earlier? We so gave them Keontae George. I gave them Keontae George, and you gave them Grady Dick. So we're we gave we're them Grady guard and small forward. We're gonna just load up on the guards and see what sticks for Utah. <laughs> um, so give me Derek Whitehead out of Duke at number twenty-eight. You said something in there that made me think I need to do this research project for a future episode. Duke one and done players. When other teams like Kentucky were going all in on one on one on one and done, Coach K resisted. And since he's got in it, the number of highly touted high school prospects to what they've become in the NBA, I'm convinced there's some weird thing that happens with Duke one and done players. I need to research this to see if it's factual or if I'm just thinking of like Jaleel Okafor and painting everybody with that brush. But for some reason, one and done's at Duke to me seem like they've been Mrs. Marv than you would expect. Outside of Tatum, I would say you're correct. And I need to go look in the record books and see how Duke one and Duns have done. Yeah. All right. So my final pick here in the first round, the Pacers, I don't know that anybody expected or realized that the Pacers had the most picks. I think they may have the most picks in the entire draft, but three in the first round, Gave him Asar Thompson at number seven. Just gave them Colby Jones at 26. I want to get him some bigs. Give me somebody who's going to bang in the middle. And I'm going an international prospect that I know nothing about, but he's a seven-footer, like the size, another project guy. But James Najee, Najee, is that how we're saying this? Yep, Najee, yep. James Najee, so it's it's a center. Not many centers on the board, so I think you have to get a, get them while they're there. Somebody to back up Miles Turner and be the futures behind Miles Turner. Miles Turner feels like he's on the trade block every time there's a trade mentioned anywhere in the NBA. So if they ever do decide to move on, need to restock the cupboard there behind him. All right. That gives me 30th pick. Clippers, last of the first round. Hmm. This is kind of an interesting spot because I'm not sure if the Clippers will keep this pick. Uh, Please let the Clippers have Russ, Chris Paul, Paul George, and Kawhi on the same team next year. Please, please, basketball gods, make that happen. Yeah, right. Um, And Marcus Morris. And Marcus Morris. Yeah. (laughs) Going to be an interesting time. Um, But I will... Go ahead and give them. Oh, man. I don't really like my options here. 
Let's go ahead and uh, give them Gigi Jackson. Uh, let's just load them up with forwards and give them Gigi Jackson from South Carolina with the last pick of the first round. Wow. Yep. So there you have it, the entire first round. So let me do a rapid fire. Should have done this about every 10 picks, but do a rapid fire here. Number one to the Spurs, Victor Wembenyama. Number two, the Hornets, Brandon Miller. Number three, the Blazers, Scoot Henderson. Number four, Amen Thompson. Number five, the Pistons, Jairus Walker. Number six, the Magic at Anthony Black. Number seven, the Pacers, Osar Thompson, the second twin. Number eight, the Wizards, Cam Whitmore, the small forward out of Villanova. Number nine, the Jazz, Keontae George. Number 10, the Mavericks, Taylor Hendricks, power forward. Number 11, the Magic, Derek Lively, the center. Number 12, the Thunder, get Kobe Bufkin at shooting guard. 13, Jalen Hood, Shafino, point guard. Number 14, Pelicans, Kaysen Wallace, point guard. 15, the Atlanta Hawks get Jordan Hawkins, shooting guard. 16, the Jazz with their second pick at Grady Dick, the small forward. 17, the Lakers get Nick Smith, the shooting guard. Number 18, the Heat get Bryce Sensabaugh, the small forward. 19, Chris Murray, power forward. Number 20, the Rockets get Bilal Koulibaly, forward. The Nets, back-to-back picks. Leonard Miller, the small forward, and Noah Clowney, the power forward. 23, the Blazers, Trace Jackson Davis. 24, Sacramento Kings, Omax Prosper. 25, Jet Howard to the Grizzlies. 26, the Pacers with their third pick or second pick get Colby Jones. The Hornets, their second pick, get Amari Bailey. Number 28, the Jazz, Dariq Whitehead. Uh, 29, James Naji, the center to the Pacers with their third pick. And to round out the first round, the Clippers get power forward Greg Jackson. I think if I wrote this down earlier, I think there's 10 teams that didn't have a first round pick. And I believe the Bulls and the 76ers don't have a pick at all. You get teams like the Nuggets, the Suns, uh, the Wolves, I believe. A couple teams sneak back in here the second round. but Yeah, the Bucks don't have a pick until 58. So, Is there anybody who we didn't have in the first round who you think is maybe a lock for the first or you would expect to be in there? Not a maybe not a lock for the first, but more just like on watch for the first. I think um Hawkes is a potential late first round guy. Um Sissoko, who we didn't mention, and then um guard from Santa Clara Podziemski, Brandon Podziemski. I'm gonna ask you about I this think- guy. Who is this dude and where did he come from that he's suddenly a top thirty prospect? Yeah, I think I think people just watched his game this year. I uh, got to see a little bit more of his game, and he just has some really cool highlights. He's got some good um, passing chops and has some soft touch. I don't know. I I really don't know where this guy is coming from. But um, and then also Maxwell Lewis Pepperdine, another name that could sneak in. So. There's maybe three or four names for you to watch um, for guys that might sneak in. And if you're more of a college fan, you're going to hear likely more of the names that you know in the second round. Hakez will for sure go in the second if he's not gone. Julian Strother out of Gonzaga. Terquavion Smith had a great year at NC State. Isaiah Wong out of Miami. Jalen Wilson from Kansas. Adama Sonogo is the big star for UConn in the tournament. My guy, Marcus Sasser. I firm believer in Marcus Sasser is going to do something in the NBA. Uh, Jalen Clark, Amani Bates. I don't know. If we, have we told the Amani Bates story on the show? I don't know if that's something we need to get into, but he was like the number one prospect coming out of high school, sophomore shooting guard coming out of Eastern Michigan. The wonderfully named Mojave King will be in there. 
Oscar Shibwe, Adam Flagler, and I'm convinced Drew Timmy's going to make it in the NBA. Not a lot of people like to agree with me. Um, yeah, I keep going down. Serge Jabari Rice, Leaky Black. So plenty of names. Marquise Noel out of K-State or at TCU. Um, so a lot of great names here if you know the college game. So guys, yeah. like to see on the second round. Uh, one guy that I think is going to go second round that I think will make it, uh, not Drew Timmy, because uh, I'm not a fan of Drew Timmy, Timmy's game at the NBA level. Um, I think Jalen Pickett from Penn State could make it at the next level um, and be sort of a surprise for people. So give me Jalen Pickett. Nice. Good name. As my second round guy that um, – that will surprise people just for fun and prepping for this show. I did do a two round mock and I had drew Timmy going to the blazers in the second round at number 43 for a fun connection to the Pacific Northwest where he's a local legend and a celebrity. Oh, I think, I think Timmy's got a spot somewhere in the NBA. Yeah. Um, maybe <laughs> we'll, we'll see him at summer league and then he'll, uh, he'll be done shortly after that. So uh all right should the nba draft be later i was thinking about this we have so much time to talk about the nfl draft nba draft is just happens right after the finals no i think this is perfect i think the nfl should do something similar to where we don't have to wait months for their draft um i like this because then we go from the draft we go right into a couple weeks later free agency um, and all of that hits right around July 4th weekend. And then we've got the rest of the summer to talk about the draft, to talk about the free agent moves that happened, to talk about all the trades that happened. Um, And then it's time for football. So I think it's perfectly timed and the NBA is kind of smart with it because they're not, uh, none of their stuff is going on at the same time as the NFL and college football are gearing up. So Smart, smart by the NBA to kind of have it this way, I think. Well, we will be tuned in Thursday night. Hopefully you will be as well. We love doing these mock draft episodes, whether it's NFL or NBA or maybe some fantasy football as we, I was thinking about that. I was listening to a fantasy football show and I thought, man, we need to start thinking about doing some fantasy episodes here in July and August. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, anything else? we duck out of here uh draymond green opted out i don't know if we mentioned that but he opted out of his player option gonna be a big market for draymond green at this point or is it uh Uh, no i just think it's a little bit curious um he probably does go back to the warriors and he might be doing this just to actually save the warriors money so they can make another run with uh, Curry and Thompson and Draymond and Poole and who and Wiggins. Um, so that might be what's happening, but he's also talked up LeBron a lot. So prepare Ooh. yourself for the next couple of days of Draymond to the Lakers or Draymond to Dallas rumors, just going nonstop. Draymond, LeBron, Dame Lillard, Lakers super team. Anthony Davis, don't forget it, AD. Fine. I'll include Anthony Davis if I must. I think that would be – I don't think that would work 
out as great as everybody thinks it would, but I'd like to see it unfold, but for the, for the drama of it, but I'm not sure how great it would work from a basketball standpoint. Well, if it happens, we'll be sure to be on top of it and give you our thoughts. We thank you all for joining us on this week's episode. Enjoy the NBA draft and keep your stick on the ice. Mm-hmm.